Hello everyone, welcome to week 8 of The Scuttle. This week we have a special guest, um, the other Gertz brother. We have Chris Gertz joining the pod, um, formerly known as the Girth Gang, uh, the Gertz Gang, or CMC Gang, or whatever he changes his name to every 30 seconds. Uh, this is the newest member of the league. He has come out hot and heavy. Um, quickly taking the points four crown from Alec Grimaldi at the start of the season, uh, running on the back of Godwin, CMC, um, and the rest of the gang and his squad. So with that, uh, this is the scuttle. All right, Chris Gertz, how's it going? I'm doing well, Ian. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, well, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We'll get into a lot of stuff, but overall, life update. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. You loving the rain? Uh, yeah, so it is definitely in full effect out here. Uh, it's like, it's not just rain, which I, like, it's not even just gray skies like Ohio. It's like, in the morning, it's fog every morning. It's like you're encompassed by gray. Like, you live in gray. Like, it, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just like, you're always in fog until the sun comes up. Um, but it's it's all it's all not that bad. So it's just definitely different than what I thought. Uh, how's South Carolina? I'm sure it's still 80 degrees there. Yeah, well, um, it's completely opposite from what you said. It's usually sunny every single day. Yesterday it was sunny in 78. Today it was sunny in 75. Uh, I went golfing two days in a row. Uh, it's gonna get a little chilly tomorrow though. The high is only 70, but it is it's good down here, man. I love it. Get to hang out with. Good buddy Joe Lister every now and again. It's always good to spend time with him. We got buddy Zito and his fiance Tessa here, and then PJ and Kate are about an hour and a half away. So it's good, man. I'm really liking it. Nice, man. Well, that's good to hear. Um, also, hopefully, we might have some audio issues depending on the speaker. Uh, just a heads up to all the listeners. We'll see how it goes. Um, oh boy. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know why the JBL has given me like a bunch of like dot sounds. So you're the first person that's happened to, so I wonder if it's uh, something from the South Carolina. I don't know. I'm confident you'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, either way, yeah, thanks for the quick life update. I know you got a new job as well, right? Yep, I'm working for Caterpillar now. It is, it is what it is. I mean, I don't wake up looking forward to go to work, but it's a lot better than my old job. Nice. Yeah, hey, anything's better than that night shift, right? Yeah, night shift, weekends, holidays, whatever. The night to day shift combo. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, quick thing, I don't know if anybody saw the article. I think it was Yahoo. Maybe it was Yahoo, but an NBA player put out talking about the sleep deprivation in the NBA. Did anybody see that? No, I haven't seen that. But they put an article out about how NBA players are put through just the rigor during the season of uh, three, four games a week, not sleeping, changing time zones all the time, and they're. <laughs> they were talking about how they there's no manufacturing facility in the world that would put someone through at the changing sleep schedules and it just made me laugh because 
he's making millions of dollars complaining that he's only making five dollars a night. Yeah. Well, either way, I, wait, you're not making millions? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. But I did buy a scratch off for the end of this recording, and maybe it'll Ooh, hit. Ooh, nice. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, Chris, hold on one sec. We're gonna people. We're fixing live on the pod. Uh, it 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 was doing all right, but but we're gonna we're gonna really hop on it here. Uh, this is for audio quality purposes. Uh, great content here, but I refuse to lose another minute of content for the league. Uh, Dan Slusher, I still uh, that haunts my dreams. Um, so we're just gonna we we'll just do a fresh reboot one more time, live on the pod. Um, and then bring Chris back here. Come on. Chris, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Well, you know, some days it's just not meant to be. Um, oh, we have some life. Don't worry, people. I believe in you, Ian. I hope so. Um, sorry, sorry, people. I, I, and you know, all right. Hello? Hi. What the fuck? Dude, I've never had this issue before. Sucks ass. It keeps on just like turning off and turning back on. No, I just plugged it in. It usually has like a red light on it when it. I don't know, man. Something about the the pod just doesn't like you. Oh, you're on. Somehow. Chris, speak to us. Sir, hello. Hello. All right, we're back. I think it was the speaker. It needed like a hard reset. Um, Sorry, everyone. Uh, That's two two minutes. Um, I'll I'll just give a fair warning in the group me. Um, You know, we're still learning. Hey, everyone, by the way. This gives you a new appreciation for Alec Ramali and how good of content he can provide for the league. Uh, just wanted to give my uh, co-host a shout out. Uh, so either way, Chris, sorry about the sorry about the uh, delay there, but we're back on track. So either way, uh, I guess the question for you is first impression on the league, right? I mean, now you're about halfway through the season. Uh, wh- what are the thoughts? Did it live up to expectations? Are we crazier than you thought? What's what's the lowdown? Uh, it is pretty fantastic because I've been on the outside looking in for the past few years now and every off season it's been teased that it's my time to join the league and every year I'm disappointed. Um, yeah, the competitiveness, I don't know how to talk, but the fire is definitely there. It's a lot of fun. The group me is a lot of fun. Um, I'm a little surprised at some of the competence in the league. There are some league owners who talk some game, and they don't really have anything to show for it. Um, We'll get into that later, the competence on some of these trades that have happened. But overall, I uh, really enjoy it. It's a good time. Yeah, and I think every every year the group me is kind of growing in terms of responsiveness. I... I, I didn't participate last year, so I feel like I've been participating more than anyone because I just have been double-timing for what I missed last year. Uh, so that's been kind of nice in its own right. Uh, definitely like to throw a little shade around, but overall, I mean, every year the, the league, I think you brought a nice, new, fresh dynamic. There's some fresh meat in the in the mix, um, and 
it just seems like every year, like the group meet goes off more and more, and the the competitiveness of the league is is going up and up. It's almost like there's a few leaders of the pack, like maybe three or four people, and everyone else is like way too competitive in nature to fall behind. And I know you haven't seen that because you're just now in, um, and you knew how competitive it was coming in, but. For some people in the league, it feels like you're always running up a never-ending treadmill. Yep. And, you know, that just goes to show how fucking much time needs to go into it. From fantasy football podcasts, from doing your research, working the wire. It's 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 a pretty fun time. But other than that, how's the, uh, how's the regular NFL kind of eight weeks into the season? I know, I mean, you bought that Bengals jacket, but do you even wear it? I saw a Snapchat, but is it for show? What's going on with the Bengals? Oh no, dude! I wear it. Um, last Sunday, Sophie, Tessa, Zeno, and I—we went on a little brewery tour, and I wore it out all Sunday. Um, you I wore that a to little... a brewery tour? Well, it wasn't like an official brewery tour. We just went to three or four different breweries. You wore that jacket in public? Dude, it was Sunday football. <laughs> I thought I honestly thought we had a chance against the Jaguars last week, and then I watched the game and remembered that we are terrible. Um, but yeah, I wore it. That was the first time I wore it out. It's been hot, man. It was it was still hot wearing that. But yeah, it's good. NFL. I love the NFL. Um, I just could consume all football all the time, just watching three, four games at once, or having red zone on. It's just give me more football. Yeah, I feel that completely. I know Jill doesn't look forward to the fall um, because I take over the TV. Um, it's almost like every game is the most important game I've realized. Like, I, it was Monday, and it was a big game because my fantasy week, but, like, Thursday, there's always something going on. So I'm like, damn, I need to watch Thursday. And then Sunday comes around, and it's like, you know, the 10 a.m. games are over, and the, I'm going into 1 o'clock, and I'm like, man, I could really go do stuff. And I'm like, well, fuck, like, I really want to watch these two games. And next thing I know, I'm watching the night game, and I've spent my whole day watching football, and I'm looking forward to Monday. It's almost like one hell of a drug. Yeah, and then at the same, and then so Saturday night rolls around. I'm excited for the next day, and then the games start, and it really goes either direction. I either have a terrible Sunday, a very stressful Sunday, or a fantastic Sunday. And then depending on who you got in the Monday night, match up all that stuff, it's good. And then I hate Tuesdays. I hate Tuesdays. I hate Wednesdays because there's not much going on. There's nothing to feed feed my uh, addiction. And then you get the waiver wire, which is a little blip. And then it's a Thursday night game, and there's that two-day break, and it's just, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when this football season's over. I've been so invested into fancy football, just following everything going on. But then you realize it's kind of nice to get out of it because, like, after two weeks of no football, you kind of miss it, but then you get into that rhythm where it's like, damn, I, I might be able to do something on Sunday. But for me, it just turns into video games, so I guess it's like tomato, tomato. Yeah. Yeah, but either way, I, I you know I I'll just hop into it because you know for the league for the people who all the peasants out there that won under ninety points you you enjoy it I mean I got it I think it was last week but my God like this is two out of three weeks now where I've been one of the top four scorers in the league and I and I take an L by less than two points either I mean what's even worse to be honest is that both of them were games where my opponent, so Dan and Gertz, they were out of players, and I had to watch a night game and just watch my team slowly die. Like, I I, 
I just, I would rather it just be done with. Like, rip it off like a Band-Aid. Instead, I'm glued to my fucking TV, praying for an interception. Julian Edelman drops a pass on the numbers for 30 yards, and that would have won my game. And, like, it was a night game. It was the Monday night game. I'm watching the whole thing. You're only watching that game because that's the only thing you have to watch. Like, I'd rather just all my players play at once and just be fucking done with it because it's it's so stressful and almost ruined the football game. It did ruin the football game for me two weeks out of the past three. So I, I'm still right behind you in points for uh, Gertz can kiss my ass. I'm five points ahead of him, but uh, I just, it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Gertz, Gertz, that team, his, that team of his, I mean, hot, Gertz is, team isn't that good. Gert, he is assembling an army of RB1s is what this That's guy. That's fine. He can only play three of them. Dude, it's crazy. He needs wide receivers. He's got no balance. I I would disagree. I the the army that he is assembling is is unreal. I think before we kind of jump into what's going on with his team cuz we'll get into it with the trades. By the way, everyone just to give you a quick outline. Obviously, we had to drop a pod today given the complete and utter chaos that broke out today. Uh this is setting league the league on fire. This has never been happened. Unprecedented. Uh so I mean I think we just hop right into trades, Chris. I, and you know I I know you Let's wanted to give a quick two cents here. Oh T- no, T- I just wanted to, yeah about Ty for Michelle. Guys, quick, thirty seconds. What do you got? Yeah, so your guys' drunk podcast, your trash trade talks were ridiculous. I needed a running back. Beers needed a wide receiver, so we made a deal. The fact that you say Ty Hilton is a twelve to twenty five point guarantee every week is just mind-blowing to me. Did I say that? Literally, yeah, he literally just scored less than five points the week before. And Tony Michelle, I don't care how beneficial he is. I don't care if someone tackles him right when they hit him because he just has to fall into the end zone. Wait, did I say that T.Y. is a guaranteed 12 points a week? Yeah, you said 12 to 25. You don't even remember your own podcast. Dude, we were pretty fucking drunk. Dude, Tom, Tom, Tom fell off of his seat before we started. He actually felt like backwards out of his seat. Like it was just not a great place to be. I believe it. I just think you don't understand the importance of running back. That's my two cents. Okay, I hear you there. And and you know, I it was a beneficial one to one. I'll give you that. And hey, right now you're looking pretty good. Michelle had a pretty good week. They they fed him the ball, but you're you're not always well. The Patriots have an easy schedule, but you're not always going to be the. Uh, Playing the thirty-three to zero, seeing ghosts, Jets out there. Uh, Correct. And I mean, we'll just finish off that game, I guess, the Pats game, because uh, I sent a nice picture to the league. Uh, the Patriots are now eighth in our league in points scored. Um, <laughs> they're averaging twenty points a game. San Francisco's averaging thirteen a game. Everyone else, they're doubling their score every week. So I am riding the Patriots to the points for. I'm coming for you in points four, by the way, Chris. Godwin <laughs> can't keep that up. Other league. I have the Patriots in my other league. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I am drinking some red wine, so maybe I'll get to some more hot takes later. Who knows? Ooh, it's a Cab Sauvignon or something. It's not very good. It's really creamy. Um, either way. So we're going to get right into it. Trades from today. Uh, that there were, uh, 
I was very vocal in the, in the group meet, and you were a little bit too. And, and you know, we kind of butted heads on our opinions, so I do want to get into it. I think we have a lot to dive into here. Um, we'll start on trade one. So this was the one that I was the most vocal on. Um, given what I heard Fez was trying to get from Gertz, he was also trying to get some stuff from me for Fournette, and then he drops this bomb. So Fez receives Mark Ingram, Robbie Anderson, and Chase Edmonds from Dan. And Dan receives Fournette, Terry McLaren, and it said Peyton Barber in the thing, but that's just who Fez dropped to make the trade go through. So Peyton Barber's actually on the waiver wire, which he should stay there. So basically, he gave away Fournette and McLaren. And Fez, just if people didn't read the group me, which people who listen to this probably do, but Fez traded for McLaren for DeAndre Hopkins earlier. So, and I know it's not obviously one to one from the from like the continuous weeks, but it does kind of show you what he turned into: Mark Ingram, Robbie Anderson, and Chase Edmonds. And I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I don't look at it as a one for one because situation seasons are always changing. But I mean, I think Dan won this trade. But I'll say by a landslide. I mean, Mark Ingram, he's fine. His best days are behind him. I don't think you're going to get an RB1. I, I don't think he's an RB1 the rest of the season. Maybe mid-teens, back-end RB2. Robbie Anderson has a lot of potential. They're about to have a real good stretch of games, and he's a big play kind of guy. So I think he can return some value with that. And then Chase Edmonds, he's been good the past couple weeks. Um, his upside is through the roof when David Johnson goes out because it, it's not looking good for him. They just signed – they signed two running backs. Did they sign yeah, they someone? Signed, I know they're they working signed, people out. They signed Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner, I'm pretty sure. Oh, they signed Zenner. I know that Detroit yeah, so was looking at signing him. I didn't hear that. That's, that's not looking good for David Johnson. So if David Johnson misses time, Chase Edmonds is a hell of a play. He's a talented guy. I'm curious why Spears did not, after he had that injury two weeks ago, did not handcuff him. Um, I know why. Because Spears does too many drugs, and he didn't think about it. <laughs> All right. Hot and heavy. I mean, he is getting a farm D, but, you know. Doesn't think about fantasy enough. I mean, it really is curious to me. I, I'm wondering if Chase Edmonds was on someone's bench for a while because Arizona always has has had good running backs for a while. And I, I mean, I, I do agree with your assessment. What do you think on, on Fournette and McLaurin, though? What do you think on the other side? Uh, I think they're good players. So I've never really personally liked Fournette just as a person. I think he's a thug. Um, he gets hurt. I just... But I watched him dominate last week against the Bengals, and I watched him touch the ball 25-plus times, so you can't ask for more than that. I'm fancy running back. I think he's as safe as they come. And then McCorn, obviously I watched him in college, and he was a baller. I mean, he wasn't even really the wide receiver one at Ohio State because they had so much talent, but he he was fun to watch. I didn't expect him to explode like this, but I thought he would be a good player. Yeah, I, I am a little bit indifferent on Fournette like as a person just because I remember watching ESPN like special and he literally grew up under a bridge with his family and like was very poor and brought his family out with football and apparently he's been like a level-headed person. And again, that's how ESPN painted him, so I have no idea what it would be like in real life. And this was also like four years ago, but this is when he was still on LSU. But 
I don't know, it's just kind of interesting to hear kind of where he came from. But either way, I think for me in this trade, I agree with your assessment. I really do. Uh, it's just hard to see because Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, hasn't done shit. He's been hurt. McLaren's gone. And he also traded for Peyton Barber, who he dropped. So everyone that was for Hopkins, if he just kept Brown, is now gone. And he turned it into Mark Ingram, Robbie Anderson, Chase Edmonds for Fournette and Hopkins. Like, he he actually drafted two really good first-round picks in Hopkins and Fournette. Like, Fournette was a steal. He is up and coming. And to me... You're right with Robbie Anderson being in the upside for sure. I mean, the Jets' schedule is so juicy coming up these next six games. So to me, McLaren and Robbie Anderson could very well be a wash. I mean, the the Jets, yeah. people have to remember that I, they don't really like Robbie Anderson as much anymore. They picked up, um, what what's his first name? Thomas, Demarius Thomas, and, and they also have Jameson Crowder. So when mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson was popping off before... All they had was either a Noonwall or before that Brandon Marshall and then Rob Robbie Anderson. Like they have two more receivers, and Thomas was getting more looks. So to me, being generous, you wash Robbie Anderson and Terry McLaren. Being generous. So then you say, okay, yep. Mark Mark Ingram and Chase Edmonds for Fournette. Would you do that? No, but Chase Edmonds is definitely an upgrade over Barber and. Mark Ingram has gone out there and shown he can he can explode on any given. Week, I just so. think he's a buy buy high. Like I think Dan sold two really high players. Like Chase Edmonds seriously mm-hmm. could be on the waiver wire in three weeks. I, I just that's yeah. what I see this becoming. Is yeah. it's gonna come down to a Mark Ingram for Fournette and Fournette beco- ends up becoming an RB five. Now Fez should like what I'm saying because all my takes turn to shit, but but <laughs> yeah. I, just, I don't this, know. This it just seems... Much, this trade is much better than Fez's last trade, so good job, Fez. That is He's true. That is true, but damn. like I listened to two fantasy football podcasts on the regular, and I've mentioned them both on this podcast, but both of them had Mark Ingram as their sell-high candidate of the week. Like, mm-hmm. of they don't like their schedule... People are starting to learn how to play the Ravens a little more. And Mark Ingram is not as involved as he was when they popped off the first four weeks. And it's very... Sh- like, I'd be curious to see after the Ravens' first three weeks. I know it's not fair to put it that way, but what would Mark Ingram's position rank look like if you took away the first four weeks and only did weeks four through... or Yeah, weeks four through seven, those four weeks. Yeah. So that that that's my only opinion there is like... You can't just look at the numbers, and Fournette is such a hot hand right now. But with everything, Fournette is super injury-prone. He's almost never played a full season. So maybe Fez is looking to diversify and try to get through the season and maybe even salvage a playoff. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, man? But well, you're just bored. I think we both agree Dan wins. I will say when I put the numbers in in the calculator that I have, this was the most lopsided trade of the day. Uh, Fournette is just such a valuable asset, and yeah. to think when you look at this team now, well, you can't you can't look at it that way because everything's going to have Chase Edmonds proje- projected for like four or five points a week, and that's not accurate. No, no, no. This is like a paid subscription service that they update it every other day. 
This is something that like they do like schedule this. Yeah, this is this is an actual like service, not just fucking like ESPN projection. That's just complete bullshit. Um, and all right, it, let's move to the next one. Yeah, I don't know. That's all I have. I just this one I want to spend a little extra time on because I just you know it, it it's one of those where. Fez might be on a calendar next year after this trade goes down. Is 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 honestly how I think about it. Because if Chase Edmonds goes to the waiver wire in three weeks, it's a Mark Ingram for Fournette trade, and this might go like this. Like last thing I have to say, I'm sorry that I'm talking too much, but Mitch Trubisky was the number six quarterback last year at this time, and I know that's not comparable, but like Mark Ingram has that written all over him to me of blowing up and then he's going to be a running back 22 for the rest of the year. So that's all I have. That's just Mark Ingram just yeah. doesn't stick out to me. But like you said, he has proven that he can do it. So you're all on it, Chris. Next trade between Alec and Tom. Here comes the most players traded by a fucking player. Unless, I mean, Tom's looking to set, set records here. This is fucking crazy. Trade number two, Alec Ramali and Tom Hensley. Alec Ramali receives Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. Tom receives Ty Johnson, a waiver pickup from today for $28. Golden Tate and Juju Smith-Schuster. Also, Golden Tate was the waiver wire pickup. What do you think? Um, it wasn't as bad as I initially thought, but I still think Tom made a mistake doing this. The way I look at it, well, I think they... I really just don't like it for either side. So Tom gets... Like you said, a waiver wire guy that you haven't seen him start play a game through. Um, they could potentially bring someone else in. He's not going to get the carry on role. He's going to be in a timeshare with McKissick. Yeah, um, Golden Tate. He's he should be pretty safe, but he's not going to have another sixty-five yard touchdown this year. That's not who he is. And then Juju Smith-Schuster is poo-poo this year. I. Don't, I think he's a, a landmine for your team. I think that was a good job by Alec moving him to feel that he has to start him every week. Yeah. That, that can get you in trouble. I put Juju in the same category of Joe Mixon, just to throw that out there. Like those players that just – like Dave, I drafted Damian Williams in the second round. But I don't feel like I need to start him because he's that shit. Like Juju and Joe Mixon, you know what I mean? You, you said it yeah. perfectly. Like – they're poisons to your team. Like yep. you start them, and it's just it it works out one out of every four games. I don't think there's going to be a game where Tom can roll Juju out and go, okay, I know I'm going to get a ten point game from him guaranteed. I mean, how yeah. can you with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback? Like it just exactly. it's it's not going well there. I I agree, but what about Golf and Cup? So Cup is a beast. Um, I like that. I think. If you just look at it for, I think Golden Tate and Juju are not worth Cup, just in their own right. And then Goff, who cares, man? Quarterbacks don't matter. Just stream it. You need to trade for a quarterback. Yeah, this was actually a little. I yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I look at this and I say, why did this even happen? And I get it because Tom needed some depth. I I looked at Tom's team. I threw some trades his way too because he had. A flex spot, a running back spot, and his defense all open. And I was like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah. And he had no one to put him in for. So Tom, I will say, did the best he could do with what he had. Um, but 
Cooper Cup hasn't been doing well for the past two games. Alex oh, playing yeah, long right. game. We'll get it together. Alex going for playoffs. But yeah, it's going to be tough sledding ahead there, buddy. Like, and the one thing that really kind of got me off Ty Johnson was I heard someone say carry on Johnson was between RB 20 and 25 for like seven weeks. Like that's where he kind of sat. He never really fulfilled his potential. And carry on Johnson is a crazy athlete. So what makes you think that Ty Johnson is just going to go in there and do anything different? And then you add on the timeshare, you know, it's not like you're going into a, Daryl Henderson, Todd Gurley situation, or even Chase Edmonds with Arizona, where the running backs have RB top ten potential. Like Are you talking about Daryl Henderson, the top twelve running back for the rest of the year. I mean, dude, guys? that was the easiest money of all time. But like, <laughs> but you know, but I would rather take Daryl Henderson if Todd God was out than Ty Johnson if Carryon Johnson was out. You know what I mean? Like, it just. I disagree with that one. Really. But, uh, I- that's another discussion we need to have. I think Todd Johnson will be safe. No, I, I no, no, no. I mean, if Todd God was out. I mean, if Todd God was hurt. Like, uh, I just mean, like, if you put the same know. situation on the Rams, I'd rather have Daryl Henderson than... I just don't think the, the Lions as a team fosters a very prosperous running back situation for anyone. So, like, Ty Johnson was just that, that hot grab. And Alec, fuck you for that... Fab take because it's paying off right here, where he basically spun twenty eight dollars, ten dollars on Golden Tate, and a shit bust for Cooper Cup. That's how I view this. Yeah, and I think my brother had a good point here, where Alec was scraping, just clinging on to dear life, and he's made two moves, and now his team is substantially better. Yeah, I I agree. People like it's oh my god, it's one of those things where like. It, I always oh, love how time. Alec does Catan, um, kind of euphemisms or whatever you say it. Um, this would be like, you think someone's out of the game, like Joe Lisher, who's this is his special, where he has five well, points. He has five points. He has maybe one down D card, and you trade with him because it looks like he's not doing anything, and you give him like three resources for one because you really need to resource maybe two or three times and next thing you know he just fucking pops off and for some reason wins the game uh this is how i view alec or molly's team right now as well like i just think that he's made calculated moves he's taken advantage of people that really need help and and yeah i mean i i think i think you summarize it pretty well as well as kind of my over-the-top commentary but i just i don't know man ty johnson and juju smell like shit to me yeah, overall though it's it's okay. It wasn't a very uh, too lopsided trade to me. We both got pieces they needed. Tom basically just traded away one person. He's not going to ever play golf. Yeah, that's true. Cup, I mean, Cup is yeah. Cup, Cup is he's. I mean, he's volatile too, right? Like he didn't really have a past a very good past two weeks. So so that's yeah. that's it. Is what it is. Okay, trade. Um, I'd say, to me, I think Alec won this um but at the yep. same time we could be very wrong and tom got what he needed he needed to diversify yeah. so you can't you can't underestimate the value of that yep um which i don't have anymore by the way but that sucks um so trade number three alex gertz and tom this one this one kind of blew the top off the day like the third trade you had no idea gertz was throwing shit in the group me like freaking out and then all of a sudden 
Gertz receives Lev Bell, Tony Pollard for the handcuff for Zeke, which is a sneaky, sneaky thing to put in there. And Tate? Who's who's Tate? Auden Tate? Golden Tate. No. Tom got Golden Tate. And then he traded him away. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he was on Tom's team for about 30 minutes. <laughs> and then Tom got Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, and Robert Woods. That'd be like getting traded to the Dolphins and then the next day getting traded to the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no. I take that back. Alex's team is not the Patriots. Yeah, no. Get out of here. God damn it. I regret saying that. Yeah, that's bad. Either way, what what do you think? Break it down for us. Um, So what we were just saying about Tom, good job getting depth. You, You just went around and fucked it up. This is a terrible trade in my opinion. I think my brother just did Tom Derby. So, Melvin Gordon, he's not what he was. I think he's maybe a back-end RB2 rest of the season if he doesn't fumble on the one-yard line. Um, LaShawn McCoy, again, you got potential, but who can predict that backfield? And if he'll even stay healthy, he is, what, 32, 33 years old, been injured all year. Um, and then Robert Woods, again, he has potential, but he's really underperformed this year. So, I, I don't like it at all. For I think my brother's team just got that much better. If he gets Le'Veon Bell, who is, I think, is guaranteed RB1 as you can get. He's getting 20, 25 touches a game. He's going to score more. He hasn't been in the end zone a lot because the Jets haven't been able to get to the get to the end zone. So he's going to start scoring some touchdowns, getting some more catches, and then Tony Pollard just solidifies his team as Zeke's handcuff, even though it might be a little too early to get handcuffs, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I grabbed one. I picked up uh, Rashad Penny, who, on a different note, just looks fat, not like a football player, but I picked him up just to make sure I had somebody if Carson went down. And then Golden Tate, again, he's He's actually right in Alex's wide receiver wheelhouse, like eight, nine points a game. So he fits nicely with his team. Yeah, and I just – Lev Bell, yeah, I just – this schedule upcoming. Like, you've got to buy high on all Jets. Um, yeah. <sighs> One thing that's frustrating for a, a person on the outside looking in on these trades is I feel like I've sent out some decent offers and there's been nothing and then shit like this happens. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I've definitely sent out some shitty trades trying to just get people to tilt trades and see if I can steal something, but it just it doesn't make sense. I think there is just some favoritism between owners in the league where they don't want to trade with anyone else. They don't want to trade with the soon-to-be alpha dog that is the girth gang and yeah it's just how i feel yeah i don't know man it's it was my blow it was a fun day at work today though it was just insanity blowing up yeah i mean i i couldn't agree more with you um and then i just yeah to me melvin gordon him fumbling on the one man just has this bad juju on it Yep. Um, it just seems like Tom and Fez, they acquired all these bad Juju players that just don't have a lot of upside to them. Um, One thing I I don't get people trading around trading their their top picks like 
Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon, well, Tom's was Zeke, and then Le'Veon Bell. It's like you got to have that beast of a player on your team or else you're nothing. And Melvin Gordon is not the beast of the player. Juju is not a beast of a player. Like, Cup and Bell were his staples of his team, and he just shipped them away for a higher quantity of mediocre pieces. Yeah. That's something I, I just I don't understand. Whatever it is, man, it's just gonna. You, you got it's your team. You gotta do what you feel is best for your team. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and you know what? You can't shit talk it too much. But I, I agree. I think Alex took the cake. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not scared of my brother's team. <laughs> I, I, you should be. You can trade whoever you want, Alex. What you just ain't scared ain't at all? No, I ain't scared of him. Yeah, he beat me in week two, but that was my lowest point total of the season. I've watched his team not break 100, what, three out of seven weeks? Is that right, Alex? I, yeah, right. I think you're the only one besides him counting. Yeah. Oh, I'm keeping tabs on him. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, either way, that's kind of the summary. I think overall, I don't know. I just... I, I think I think a lot of these trades I don't want to say Alec Ramali was right, but this is where the people who know what they're doing just start to fleece people. Like that's just the way I feel and I feel like I just sat on a sideline and watched it happen. But I mean again, Tom Tommy, you had to do what you had to do. You had to get depth. But I just don't get the Gertz trade. And it might work out because honestly, Damien Williams isn't playing. So um, you know, and, and Daryl Williams is getting maybe a goal line reception, and so Lashawn's getting a lot of touches. So it it could work out. Um, but either way, um, I don't know. I just don't see it really going well for him. So the outro, um, kind of just some some overall fancy talks because Chris, you know, you haven't really had a chance to really kind of speak your mind at all. Um, in the league, and I think. One of the hot topics this year, I know I've been really vocal on it, is fab spending. Uh, kind of, what do you have for us on fab spending versus kind of uh, the strategy that I've been taking versus Alec? Um, even though I've been pulling up on it a little bit, what do you have for us? I think you need to spend it early because you need to get those players that are going to give you value for the whole year long. Um, I get it, saving your money and hoping to get that big acquisition right at the beginning of the playoffs or in your championship run. But the way I look at it is just if I can pick up a player that I can use for more weeks out of the year, I think that's a greater value for me. And I would hope I can build the team I need going into the playoffs that I don't need to have $60 to drop on someone. Because like you said before, you got to be the top dog. You got to have the most to make it worth it. And I feel you can hurt yourself just saving all that money not going after quality players that are out there when they're out there because before this week, the last few weeks were slim pickings. Yeah. Except for when I picked up E.D. Westbrook. Thank you for that, Ian. I appreciate you. Dude, I didn't want to bring that up, dude. I That <laughs> puts me in such a dark place, man. Like, I have Valda Scantling on my bench who's like, can pop off, sure, for 20 points, two catches. But, like, D.D. Westbrook I thought was such a bust and I sat on it for another week and he had another bad week and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I fucking dropped him. 
And next thing I know, yeah. I'm picking up OJ Howard because I don't have any upside on the <laughs> on the waiver wire. And yeah. and I see DD kind of blossoming a little bit more. I just thought kind of Gardner Minshew was the backup. He practiced more with DJ Chark, and that was his guy. So I was like, Yeah, I mean, I'm I can't remember if it was this league or my other league, but I had DJ Chark at one point, and I dropped him after week one or week two. Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, like DD, like is not, he won't make or break my season. Um, but it definitely doesn't help the depth. But I mean, I agree with you on the Fab spending and. And the thing that's tough for me, though, is this Alec trade epitomizes what he was fucking saying. Yeah. He picked up Golden Tate smartly and also had the fab for it. Picked up Ty Johnson, outbid all of us because he only had to put 30% of his fab on it. No, I thought Alec drafted Golden Tate. I thought Golden Tate got drafted. No, he picked him up. Okay. And then Ty, this Ty Johnson – I mean – he packaged a bust in two waiver wire pickups for Cup. Like, to me, like, that's what Alec was saying. And I see how it works. Like, he's not just saying you're going to pick up one of the booms. He just says you're picking up the number one waiver wire pickup and you're going to turn it to some desperate owner. And he did just that. Like, 2AT. So, that's just the only thing I have for Alec where... I think both strategies can work. I'm on your side, yeah. Chris. I'm completely on your side. But Alec has a point that he can make his strategy work. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's two different strategies to take. They both have payout. Yeah, I, and I'm with you. Like I want the Charks. Yeah. I want the people who give me the butt or the bang all year. And yeah, but then at the same time, you can burn through it all real quick. Yeah, things. flashing the pants. I wasted a lot of money picking up someone that I just drop a couple of days yeah. later. TJ Hawkinson, someone who just pops off week one, and then next thing you know, it's back to the waiver wire. Yep. Uh, sounds like Chase Edmonds. Oh, did I say that? Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, either way, it, yeah, I'm with you on the Fab Bucks. Uh, I. It, I don't know. That that's all we have to say. But the the next the next question I kind of have for you is: besides yourself, who's your champion? Besides, but it's me. Okay, then we're moving on. Bottom four. No, okay. Bottom four. Um, no, it's it's either Joe or my brother. Oh, you like Joe's team? Yeah, I do like Joe's team. Um, if he can find a someone to plug in instead of Devonta Freeman, if he can find another decent running back then I really like his team. Yeah. Um, he just gave me a good dick in, so that felt nice. Yeah. But, yeah. Joe's uh, team just didn't look good at the start. Like, it didn't look bad, but it didn't look good. And I'm actually curious. One thing that I want to do is kind of, I forget, I, w- I hope Al kind of wrote it down, that what Ryan's takes were on our teams just to see kind of how they ended up. Cause he said my team is in the bottom four and I'm sitting right 50, 50 with one of the most highest points for, but I, I honestly, I know, I'm man, sure I don't, <laughs> I don't take Ryan's takes too seriously because he changed them mid yeah. show when he found out my brother's team was one he thought was bad. He goes, Oh, I can't have Alex's team be bad. No, I think he just liked the players, <laughs> but he definitely was more prepared the prior year. I think Ryan kind of just hopped into it real quick, but um, I, I'm I'm just kind of curious to see where his picks kind of panned out. Joe, because Joe's team was kind of middle of the road, but champions picks are kind of 
Yeah, I, it's great. I I think my stat of showing that every playoff team is improved by like fifteen percent, um, is one that's kind of indicative of someone like the team just has to show up in the playoffs. Yep. Like, yep. Oh, and another thing I want to talk about your uh, statistics for points for in the playoffs and how much you have to increase and all that. My argument for that is, of course, every champion you're going to see an increase in the playoffs because they just made a playoff run and won the championship. I mean, correct. Going to have someone pop off. No, but no, but what that tells you is, even someone like Alex's team, where he led the league in points for, so he averaged the most points for, and even then his team still increased because you have to beat like a team that's also making another run, like. The number one team in points for still increased. It's like to win a championship, it's not like you just need to have a GOAT team. Like you need to, even if you're the best team in the league, you still need to perform, outperform yourself in the regular season, even if you're number one going in. I mean, that's what happened last year. I mean, it, it was it was in the stats, but I know what you mean. Obviously, it's it's one of those that should speak for itself, but I guess you never really know. I mean, what if you get an 80-point win? Who knows? I would love to see how that feels. I yeah. could have scored less points this week and still whipped Alex's ass, so I get it. Oh man, that feels good. What about your bottom four? What do you think? Who do you think round out kind of right now? Who's right now is very interesting because this, the take that you're about to give, I guess, it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's up in the air. Like this is the most even our league has been in the history of our league. Like we are all three and four, four and three. I mean, two and five even is still in it. Like, where, who do you see kind of rounding out the bottom four? Yeah, so I think there are three guaranteed bottom fours, and it's going to be Fez at the bottom, and then the next three are no, no particular order, but it's Fez. Um, I think Bennett's going to find his way in there just based on the hardships his team has faced. His team is boom or bust, and it's been more bust lately. And then Bill... Bill's definitely going to be in the bottom four. He's just going to keep riding that losing streak that he's on and so proud of, not scoring any points that he doesn't need to win. Um, and then the fourth one is is really where the toss-up is. I could see it being either Alex's team, Beard's team, or Ian Kyle's team. So Ian Kyle's team, really? Yeah. I mean, he his team was dominating. Let me pull it back up real quick. But his team was dominating at the beginning, and I think James Conner is not going to make it much longer. He's literally left every single game with an injury. And then um, Travis Kelsey, who he's been a high pick on, hasn't been performing at that level. So we'll see. He might be scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I, hey, I'm there with you completely. I'm there with you completely. I think it's just interesting because the one thing that <clears throat> the reason oh, why I think wait, hold on, hold on, I forgot about Tom's team. Take Ian Kyle out and put Tom in there. That's okay, that sounds more right. Yeah, so Tom, Bill, Fez, and Bennett is my bottom four. The one thing I found interesting this year too was at the draft everyone's like damn Gertz took two really big gambles on Melvin Gordon and Josh Gordon both are not on his team anymore and if if Josh Gordon is still on his team he's getting dropped tonight yep that's how the cookie crumbles I find that very interesting but he packaged Melvin Gordon 
Yeah. That Let's fumble on the uh, one was ugly. Oh my god. Can we can we stop tooting Alex or playing his song, telling him how good of a trade it was for him? It, it just it was a really good trade, man. Uh yeah. I mean, I agree with your bottom four. I think the injury bug has gotten Bennett pretty bad. Bennett, yep, you gotta overcome it. I mean, and that's where depth, like, I'm scared. Like, my team, I'm going to be honest, I was really confident. And I just don't like my team anymore. Like, in terms of depth, it's just not really there. I want to trade. I can't. All these teams are wheeling and dealing. But you look at Bennett's team with Joe Mixon, downhill. Matt Breida, toss-up. Kyle Rudolph, Kamara, questionable. He's been hurt all year. Will Fuller's doubtful on his bench. He's done for the year, or done for the next four weeks. Mark Andrews dropped a touchdown pass. He has Devontae Parker, and he spent $18 on J.D. McKissick. I think Bennett is 4-3, and but knowing that his team could quickly turn into a a 75-point-a-week team. And Kamish, I don't mean shit on him too much, but I just... He, I mean, he got bit by the injury bug. Like when Kamara, when your number one draft pick goes down, you're not gonna do well. And Mahomes, and Mahomes is out. I forgot. Yeah, like, dude, Kamara's missed one game. I thought he missed two. He got injured yeah. in the first one, and he he didn't. Okay, so he barely played the Jacksonville game, but he he only has been out for one game. Uh, it's just, and then Pat Mahomes goes down, who he probably drafted second round. Well, that's why you don't draft a quarterback early. <laughs> I don't think even that's it. I just, oh, wow. I didn't even realize that the ESPN rosters function shows you who you have drafted versus free agency. And it's very interesting to see that almost all of Gertz's team is either free agency or trade. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go see Tom's. Tom has two players on his starting lineup that he has drafted. <laughs> And it was Evan Ingram and John Brown. Like, that's what's left over in that camp. You know, like, sometimes, like, you've just got to battle through it, but holy shit. And our last place candidate has one player that he drafted in his starting lineup. And two players that he's drafted on his entire team. That's crazy. James White and Adam Thielen are his only players left from draft day. And we're in week eight. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's where, like, you know you got hit by a hard bug or just things went downhill. Because then I look at your team, Chris. Your two running backs were drafted. Keenan, Godwin, drafted. Sony Michelle was trade. And Josh Allen's your streamer. Like, Darren Waller, free agent. I didn't realize you picked him up. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, okay. What do you have for me? Well, my last thing I want to take a minute to talk about is Bill's repeated garbage takes. One on this podcast, and then to me in person when he was hammered. But, Bill, I'm talking to you directly right now. This team was not handed to me. The only thing that was handed to me was a draft pick. I picked CMC, who I would have picked with the number one overall pick. And you can't say, oh, that was easiest pick, guaranteed. It was pretty easy, but the top four are toss-up. I mean, if Zeke wouldn't have had his holdout, that's who I was going to pick early in the offseason, and then you got you got Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, CMC, and they're all in that same tier, and CMC is just who I went with, and I love him. Quick shout out to CMC. Um, New Panthers fan over here. Yeah, that's so oh, funny. Dude, 
that's another thing. I love rooting for the local team. When I was in Detroit, I liked watching the Lions. I couldn't root for them, though, because they're bad. But back to my little spiel. And the rest of my team, they're not guaranteed picks. I picked Chris Carson. I picked Chris Godwin in the fourth round. I dropped Mark Andrews before the season started because I picked, wanted to pick up Waller, who everyone was hyped on and I believed in, thinking that Antonio Brown was not going to be around. And he's the number two tight end right now. Yeah, and, and to me, I I mean, I picked up Hooper one week, streamed him, and dropped him, and Dan picked him up the next week, and it really hurt my soul. But, yeah, it sucks. But Darren Waller's going to be the number one tight end at the end of the year, I think. Yeah, so that's that's my shield, Bill. Get the, get the hell out of here with that. This team was not gifted to me. I, I'll give you that. I, I, I really like your Chris Carson pick. He's like, people say, like, he did not look good last week, but then he was a middle arb like running back. He just I don't yeah. know. Nobody on the Seahawks looked good last week. Yeah, I think that was straight from the footballers' take. But I mean, your team is pretty good, and and I would agree that I'm gonna smack Bill around this week and really show kind of how I mean he has a decent team. He does. He always does. But he I'm telling you, I think I said it on the pod he looks scatterbrained when he was drafting this year. Like when you're using the ESPN, um, like draft order or whatever, like you're scattered. He was fucking just all over the place. Like I don't know where it came from. Yeah, uh, I heard all this talk about Billy Two Rings, and he's just a fancy guru. And I'll I'll tell you though, I'm a little disappointed from what I've seen. Um, all hype. You're like the Cleveland Browns of this fantasy league. I don't know, man. Maybe the time in the slammer changed him. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, Bill. You got to give shit when you take, or you got to take shit when you give shit. Because right now you're giving shit to the number one league owner in the league, and even though your record does not put you at number one, Chris, I do. I mean, you're. I mean, McCaffrey and Godwin. I mean, they're they're carrying your team all the way with some good support players. Waller. Um, you know, I have one take on my tight ends too. For this is one shout out to Alex Gertz who gave me the most shit. Out of anyone for my Hunter Henry pick after he like after I drafted him fourth, this kid is popping off. Hunter Henry, that twenty six point game that I didn't start him for, but like <laughs> you you've you've got to be watching it right. I mean he's taking away eight targets a game from Keenan Allen at least. Oh trust me, I know Ian. Yeah, I hate the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean you knew he'd come back, and and this is just where I think Gertz was so wrong on the Chargers this year in general with him getting Gordon and seeing how much Eckler's helping out. And I mean, no one could predict it, but Henry's looking really good, and I'm really happy with kind of this this tight end and and with a tight end landscape that's just really fucked up right now. Um, yeah, I just would like to, another thing I'd like to say is I I hope I start getting the respect that I deserve in this league. I think you're demanding it when you come out with the opening song "Champion" by Kanye West. I think we'll see, man. I I have dreams about it. Can't wait to hoist that trophy. Damn. Um, hey, well, you're gonna have to I, earn I it, and you're gonna have to improve it. in the playoffs if you really want it. <laughs> playoffs. I'm going to increase my team's efficiency and score more points. Ian. That's the goal. Nice, nice. Yeah. Hey, start with getting rid of Ty Hilton, I guess. Hey, man, take it easy on that. <laughs> it is what he, it is. He has already scored a, one more touchdown this year than he did all of last year. He's not going to keep scoring. Dude, my favorite team right now is actually Dan Slusher. Like, he was, people yeah. were talking about him in the bottom, and he traded his way 
to seriously a lethal fucking team. A yeah, lethal Dan, team. Dan's going to make a little run here. Tyree Kill is slowly coming back. If The only question mark is Devontae Adams' turf toe and how long that's going to keep him out. Yep. But yep. if Tevin he's Coleman comes to out to what he up. really could be, he's going to have a flex decision between Sterling Shepard, Terry McLaurin, Tevin Coleman, and DJ Chark every week. Like, that, his team could very well end up in the Final Four. I just, I can, I can see it. Man, I just want A.J. Green to play some football. <laughs> He's just being so freaking skittish with his ankle, and I really thought he was going to get traded to the Patriots. Yeah, dude, I think sad. Ian Kyle has Mohamed Sanu, actually. Yeah, it would have made me sad as a Bengals fan, but it would have made me happy as a fantasy owner and happy as a A.J. Green fan because he deserves it. He's played on this shit team his whole career with a shit quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more where A.J. Green's just one of those. He's like, honestly, Chad Johnson, but better, obviously. But, like, just... He's not happy. He's not... <laughs> I know, but I just mean, like, same thing from the Bengals where he's such a good standout receiver, but he just never was because of what what situation he was dealt in, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. But either way, I think that's it. I think we got an hour, Chris. Thanks for staying up late West Coast time. It's 1030 there. I know you have to get up at some crazy fucking time, like 4 in the morning. So Nope, I get to sleep in to 445 now. Yeah. I know, man. That's the good life, the caterpillar life. Oh, yeah. So with that, Chris, I want to sign off. Uh, thanks for your opinions. Thanks for the appearance on the pod. Uh, the league will enjoy this. I think that we broke down the trades pretty thoroughly. Um I wish you all the luck, all the luck coming up in the next next seven weeks. Except for my last gripe with you, is the scheduler. I think it was Bill. I have to pay, play you fucking twice this year, so that That's sucks two, ass. Two free wins, man. Dude, I hope I can come because you beat me in the first time. So I'm I'm hoping to come back here. Oh yeah, two free wins for me. Sorry, I should have clicked. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna hang up on you now. You enjoy yourself, all right? Bye bye. All right, see you. Jill's been waiting for me to end this shit. We're going to signal off on Mr. Kanye West. For everyone still listening, Jerry McNamara is the number one college basketball player of all time. Thank you and signing off.